Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and tax planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Welcome to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. I'm your host, Carrie Qureshi, alongside my co-host, J.R. Qureshi. So today we are going to be talking about financial wellness for women, something that I am very passionate about. We're also going to answer a listener's question about risk in retirement and their investments. And so that's going to be fun. Uh, but first of all, JR, I want to say Happy New Year to to you and to all of our listeners out there. You know, how how, how were your holidays? The holidays were great. Um, we had a little bit of a break and uh, excited to get back to work and in our new office and uh, looking forward to a great 2024. Yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of downtime, but, you know, for those that, that knew about the new office and the moving, we, we were pretty busy moving offices, but... You know, we're so fortunate and we're excited to share this new office with our clients. Um, so we're looking forward to everybody, you know, coming in and seeing the new space and really being able to serve our clients even better. So today, let's kick off our show with the quote of the day. Um, and this one is from Ann Sweeney. And she says, define success in your own terms, achieve it by your own rules and build a life you're proud to live. That's a, that's a really good quote, especially in this day and age of uh, social media. And we're so busy looking at what other people are doing and, and comparing ourselves to them. I think that we need to keep that in mind, keeping the success more in your own terms than, than gauging off of what other people are doing to be successful. Absolutely. And that's good timing, too, I think, as everybody sets out with their New Year's resolutions to become a better person or whatever they really want to work on. You know, just make sure that your goals are truly your goals and that you're not influenced by someone else. So, so be your own person. I really, I really love that. But getting to our show topic today, I'm really excited about this one. Um, it's really near and dear to my heart. It is about financial wellness for women and overcoming gender-specific challenges and achieving financial independence. So Carrie, you know, I would say financial wellness is essential for everyone. And, um, you know, but I also think it is important to address a unique challenge that women often face. Uh, can we discuss some of these gender specific challenges that women face and how they can overcome them and what you could tell us about this? Yeah. So women often experience the gender pay gap. I think at this point, we're pretty well aware of that. Um, there's career interruptions due to family responsibilities and longer life expectancies. So all of that can impact their financial well-being. And so to overcome these challenges, it's really crucial for women to be able to prioritize, you know, their financial education and really be engaged in proactive and comprehensive financial planning. So I wanted to start off with some of the good news. The good news is that women hold more wealth in the country now than men do. So that is pretty exciting stuff. 48% of millionaires are actually women already. And women are graduating with undergraduate and graduate degrees at a much faster pace than men are. One of, I think, the most exciting or kind of, you know, maybe overwhelming statistics is that in the next 20 years, $20 trillion will be passed on via inheritance from that baby boomer generation. And two-thirds of that wealth will go to women. 
So that means that in the next 20 years, women will hold more than 60% of the U.S. wealth. And that is why it is so important for us as a company, for me as an advisor, to really make sure that women are getting, you know, enough focus of our time and, and really learning more about retirement and financial planning to be able to take control of, of their own future. That's really impressive. You know, I didn't really realize um, some of those stats, but I feel like there's also a catch here somewhere. Is that is that right? Yeah. I mean, I would say that with, with all good news, there's usually some some not so good news that goes along with that. Um, and we've talked about that a little bit in, in the intro. So I think we all know that women live longer than men, right? So longevity is now the biggest, you know, risk that we all face in retirement. And so I want to go back to the year 1900. What, just give me a guess, what do you think the average life expectancy for people was back in the 1900s? Uh, 40 years old. You, you were close. So 47. 47? 47. Um, only 120 years ago, the average life expectancy for men and women was 47 year olds. So you were a lot, you were working back then. Retirement did not exist. And so then if we fast forward to 1935, when Social Security first came out, what do you think the average life expectancy was then in 1935? Uh, maybe 55? 62. 62. 62. Social Security did not start paying out until 65. So Social Security wasn't designed to carry the load for women to be living on, you know, on average into their late 80s. And so in the grand scheme of things, retirement is still a relatively new experience. And so we're all having to figure that out you know, and how we plan for that. And then you also have to look at the average age that a woman is widowed. And I heard this really eye-opening statistic maybe last year, and that it is 80% of men die married and 80% of women die alone. I mean, that is like jaw-dropping, right, when you think about that. And so when you think about the average age for a widow, it is 59. Now, certainly that can derail the planning process if we don't have the right tools in, in place. And then you also have a gray divorce. Have you heard about, have you heard of gray divorce? You know what that is? No, I, I've never heard of that. So the largest segment of the population that is now getting divorced are people who have been married longer than 25 years. And we actually see this all the time. And so, you know, I've talked to women and our clients that have been married for 30, 35, or even 50 years. And then they're getting divorced later in life. And statistically, when a man gets divorced, he makes more money in the years to follow. But for the women, it is the reverse. And so I'm not sitting here trying to freak everybody out, but I want to keep things in perspective um, and make sure that we have the right tools again in place because we know that one of the biggest reasons that people do get divorced is money. And so we have to make sure as as couples that we're also on the right page when it comes to money and financial planning. So you have women who spend 15% of their working years out of the workforce caring for their young children or for their aging, aging parents compared to under 2% of men, right? So that's the Sandwich generation where sometimes they're doing both at the same time. And you know, I think it's pretty common knowledge that a woman is more likely to care for her ailing parents than 
her brother. So time out of the workforce means less money is paying into Social Security and retirement plans. And then you have the C session. Have you have you heard of the the, the she session, Jr.? I have not. What is that? So 70% of people who had to leave the workforce during COVID were women. And the predominant reason of those 2 million that had to leave was for what? Uh, probably to take care of sick relatives. Childcare. Childcare. Yeah. Not even that they were yeah. sick. It's just, you know, when schools were shut down, where do we send our children? We had to stay home. Um, but then, of course, as, as, you know, maybe parents got sick or other family members, women were the ones that were taking care of their family members. So 70% of widows on Social Security live below the poverty line, and most of them didn't before. And, and, and that's terrible. That, that, that's not, you know, acceptable. So when, when you look at all these statistics on women and we're living longer, but we're paying in less to Social Security to retirement, we have some real problems. So what do we do about them? First and foremost, you have to make sure that you have the best financial plans. You need to have a plan. You need to try to learn more about retirement planning and, and take charge. You cannot leave it up to your spouse or another relative and, and think that it's all taken care of or that Social Security is, is going to pay your full bill because it's just not going to be enough to live on. One of the other things that women really need to look at is how to optimize their Social Security benefits. There are a lot of different ways in which to take Social Security benefits. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to take them early, but realize if you take them earlier, they are going to pay you less. So there are some really good opportunities if you want to delay Social Security until later, ideally at 70, if you feel like your life expectancy is going to be normal, because Social Security will pay you more over your lifetime for delaying it. Women also need to look at pension payouts. If you are fortunate enough to still have a pension or your husband has a pension, we need to look at what are the best payout options, because sometimes um, I'm not going to bash on, on men here, but sometimes men will say, I'm going to take a life only option and I want the biggest monthly benefit I can for my life expectancy. Well, what happens when the husband passes away first? What's left for the wife? None. So we have to look at, you know, survivor benefits or making sure that both the, the husband and wife are, are maximizing that pension. And then the other thing that's really, really critical is to make sure you have a plan for long-term care expenses. Um, home health costs, nursing home costs, assisted living, those expenses are rising every single day. And so we want to make sure that we have a plan to address that so that if one spouse has to go into a nursing home, that that does not derail, um, take away, you know, any of the money for the spouse at home, what we call the well spouse or the community spouse. There has to be a way to pay for that. We just need to make sure you have a plan for long-term care expenses. JR, do you, do you have anything to, to add to that? Well, Carrie, you know, I think, uh, you know, what it really sounds like you're saying is that it's important for women to get uh, professional advice from financial advisors that understand their specific needs and, and the challenges that they face. You know, I think a, a qualified advisor can could provide personal guidance and help them make the most out of their financial resources. Right. I mean, we always want, you know, all of our clients to get competent advice. 
And we also want to encourage people, you know, to not get their financial information from social media like TikToks. I see tons of bad TikToks out there. And and I'm like, what are they telling people? No, that is not right. Um, Same thing for Googling online. Just whatever way that you're consuming this financial information, make sure that you verify the credentials and and who you're getting that from. So to make sure that it's, it's really advice that you should be listening to. And now we're going to our mailbag question of the day. Uh, Our mailbag question is from Samantha from Jonesboro. And Samantha says, I'm 58 and planning to retire in about five years time. My pension fund is currently invested in a fairly aggressive mix of funds. Is now the right time to start cutting back on the level of risk and moving it to more conservative assets? Ooh, Samantha, that is a great question. And honestly, I could probably do a whole nother show just on that one topic. So I'll, I'll try to answer this this briefly and maybe we can come back to that. But it really depends on what you mean by fairly aggressive mix of funds. So obviously, without being able to see those actual funds, I don't know how aggressive it is. But typically, the rule of thumb is we like to start scaling back risk five to seven years before retirement. So if you're five years out, it is definitely time to look at those funds and saying, is there, you know, can we reduce some of the risk, some of the volatility? Because you don't have time on your side anymore. If you had another 2008 event where the markets dropped and it took two years to recover, a lot of investors in 2008, they lost 30 to 50% of their retirement portfolio until it came back. So that is a problem when you are that close to retirement. So you definitely want to look at that and you need to understand what is the maximum drawdown of that portfolio. So that means in the past 10 years, how far did it drop and understand, am I okay with that? Can I live with that? Or is that going to derail my retirement plans? And so another rule of thumb that I'll throw out there and and just take this with a grain of salt, take your age and subtract that from 100. And whatever that is, is normally the amount of stocks and equities that you should own. Now, everybody is different. We definitely have clients that are more aggressive or less aggressive, but that will kind of give you a ballpark into knowing, you know, your proportion of stocks versus bonds. But definitely start looking at that um, and, and getting into some more details because you do not want to be super, super aggressive riding into those retirement years. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our regular programming to bring you our offer of the show. Authored by our own Carrie Qureshi, Smart, Simple Wealth is a game-changing resource packed with practical strategies and invaluable insights to empower you on your journey toward financial success. You'll discover expert advice on tax optimization, asset protection, estate planning, and more. This knowledge will equip you with the tools you need to make informed financial decisions and secure your wealth for the long term. If you're ready to take your financial future into your own hands, then don't miss this amazing offer. To get your hands on a copy of Smart, Simple Wealth, How to Get It, Keep It, and Pass It On, please visit our website. Now, back to the show. Wait a minute. Who are you? All right, it is time for our getting to know you question. JR, this is a really good one today. Um, I'm excited to see your answer because um, I think think I'll know what you're going to say. But if you had a full year off with pay, 
what would you spend your time doing? That, that probably depends on the day that I'm asked. But, you know, I think that I would really like to travel more and really get out and, and you know, maybe explore some more of the the U.S. or maybe go over to Europe and do some some uh, travel through Europe and just just spend more time traveling. Yeah, and and, and that's why I said I, I know your answer because we've talked about this a lot, um, and we we've done some traveling. We've been fortunate enough to do some with, with kids and family, but I think once you do get out, you kind of get the travel bug and say, "Man, we should really do more of this." And so for me, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. I would want to travel, but I would go from place to place. You know, especially if you had all year. I think it would be fun to get out of the U.S. and to go to Europe. One of my um, bucket list items is actually to do one of the Viking River cruises and to go through some of the European cities and see the countryside. I think that would be a really fun time. But I would also want to travel to, you know, other places, maybe not so touristy. What is there? There's a, it's not, what is that cruise? There not there like a cruise around the world that you found that was like 60 days? Or... Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a. How long was that? There's like a three, there's different, different versions of it. And depending on how many ports you want, you can either do like, I think it was like three months, six months or a year cruise around the world um, with just different ports all through Asia, Europe, Africa, and back to the U.S. It uh, was really interesting. Yeah, I think that would be a great way to see it because you wouldn't have to do as much of the planning, right? right? Like that would be all laid out in your ports and you would still have your hotel room on the cruise ship to kind of be your home base. But yeah, yeah I, I think that would be fascinating to be able to travel and really get to see more of the world because I think it's very easy for us to get complacent, um, getting up every morning, going to work, coming home. And, and I love the work that we do, but you don't always realize that there's so much more out there that you want to see and do. Yes, exactly. All right, that's it for this episode of Smart Simple Wealth. We look forward to seeing everyone back again for another episode. Until next time. Investment advisory services offered by Qureshi Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. Qureshi Law Firm and Qureshi Wealth Management are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice. They're not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.